when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I am uber excited. I have a great guest. As a matter of fact, I've been a guest on his show, and his name is Scott Patton, and he is with a company called FreeEbooks.net. Sounds intriguing. Hey, Scott, man, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, Brian. Happy to be on the show. It is a pleasure to have you on mine. It was such a blast being on yours. It was fun. I enjoyed having you on. Thank you, sir. Well, no, it was a blast. And uh, so what I want to do is get my audience to get to know you. So my question for you is, how did you start out holding a stake in a field? And I'm guessing it wasn't a cow. I think it was a different kind of stake. How did you go from holding a stake in a field to planning a stake on the internet and attracting people to your community? Oh, that's a a great way to put that question. Uh, I was visiting my uncle on the farm in southern Saskatchewan. He said, uh, I need someone, I need some help in the field, Scott. And he gave me this piece of wood and he said, just put it here and then move 10 feet every time I come by with the tractor. And that's how I made, he made straight lines when he was uh, furrowing the fields. And, uh, and from there, I learned the value of good, honest work. And, uh, I spent 20 years managing grocery stores in Western Canada. And then when, uh, the 1990s rolled around, the company started to computerize. And I thought if they put computers in the stores, this computer thing must be more than just a fad because these guys are like slow when it comes to being, you know, cutting edge. They're about as far away from being cutting edge as you can be. And got a computer, and then I realized shortly thereafter that uh, all of the people who had my position but were 10 years older were either having heart attacks, nervous breakdowns, um, or obese. And I thought, kind of like if you, I like to juice, and I'd have a bunch of carrots on the counter, I'd clean them, I'd put them in the juicer, and I figured I was like one of those carrots looking at all those other carrots getting juiced, thinking, that ain't going to happen to me. And I realized, of course, I'm in a system. This is what the system produces, and I need to make a change. So I left at a good time, um, and that was kind of the beginning of my odyssey throughout the world of internet marketing. And I ended up learning how to blog and learning how to get traffic and learning how to write copy. And eventually, I discovered this thing called podcasting, and it was the last thing I wanted to do. But (laughs) different it's a long story i'm not going to get into but i ended up uh, teaching people how to podcast for 10 years and uh, during that process met a lot of people uh, one of whom was involved with freebooks.net and about three years ago they had run into some difficulties and they asked me and warren whitlock if we would come on and and see what we could do to help uh, keep it going turn it around that sort of thing and I think both of us would agree that if we knew now what we knew then, we would have said no. Now we're 
too vested in the whole thing to to say no and i think we're going to create something pretty amazing we are creating something pretty amazing over at freebooks.net awesome and that's uh that's quite a journey that you've gone through from uh you know working at a grocery store to getting a computer to now doing this and warren has been a guest on this podcast numerous times that's how we've met and uh He's a great dude. I don't know him to say no too often, but when he does, it's really enthusiastic. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, we're here to talk about building a community. And, you know, all of us have this desire on the internet, you know, and social media. We want to build a tribe. We want to build a community. And, you know, it, it sounds like a great idea. Everybody thinks that, you know, if you build a big enough list of people to follow you, you'll make all this money. But, you know, is that true i mean who really needs a community and why do they need it well i that was a good point you made about the list because people that have million people lists sometimes i think they only get 500 people to actually open the email and do something but uh it's a and sometimes it's a numbers game but i think that the more technology has taken over our lives and certainly in the last year with you know just look at zoom for example we're on zoom right now exactly uh, you know, the technology has just uh, become central to our lives. And the problem is it's called high-tech, high-touch or low-tech, low-touch. So, for example, running a grocery store, I would have four cashiers. I'd have a, a baker. I'd have a deli person. I'd have a produce person. I'd have one guy stocking the specials. I'd have another guy in the back room organizing. I'd have an assistant manager and I'd have 20,000 people come through my store. That's a, that's pretty low touch, right? Like you get a high when you come in, you get a goodbye when you go and please give me your money sometime in between. Uh, and that was the business. It was because it was low tech. You walk down the aisle, you pick up a can of beans, you stick it in the, the cart, you walk to the front, the cashier rings it through and takes your money and off you go. Uh, high tech is like what we're doing right now where you're ha- one of us is halfway around the world from the other. We're talking, uh, you know, and where these electrons that are, our, our voices go before they arrive at the other end, who knows? And, uh, and when you've got to turn on your computer and we're doing all this high tech stuff, we're even when we're just on our phone and we're checking Instagram or Facebook or watching a YouTube video, it's high tech. Low tech was when we had three channels and you had to get up and turn the knob to go from ABC to NBC to CNN or whatever the, you know, whatever the other one was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, it's really important because without the, Without that connection, the touch is a connection, right? When I, I connect with you and I put my hand on your shoulder, right? Or we, we slap high fives or, or whatever it is that we do. So when we have the opportunity to connect with people around the world, obviously we're not going to be able to do the same type of connections that we would do if we were in the same room in a hotel somewhere. But when you have that connection, people are more willing to purchase from you, to... Uh, to recommend you, you know, word of mouth is still really important. And, uh, and that's important for long-term growth mm-hmm. of your business. So 
I hear all the time, you know, the money's in the list. You know, if you build a bigger tribe, you're going to make more money, all this other stuff. But, you know, I, I think people struggle with the concept of, you know, what do we need to do to actually build the tribe? You know, it's, it's uh, I've had books, I've done podcasts, I've done all these other things. And, you know, it's not as easy as it seems, but it it, can, it seems like it is for some people. What what are we missing? I think you used the right word when you said it seems. Mm-hmm. And and we're not talking here about someone who's going to be like a number one music star in the world who has the backing of billions of dollars from Sony. Okay, we're not talking about that. But generally speaking it seems like everybody goes through the same process. And one of, one of my favorite people to follow on Facebook, is, I don't know, it's not his name, but it's, it's called Nas Daily. Maybe his name is Nas, I don't know. But when I met him, he was two years into an almost three-year process. And his, uh, his goal was to do a one-minute video every day till he hit a thousand. So almost three years. And so two years into it is when he started showing up on my Facebook newsfeed. And I was like shocked because this thing would show up and I'd look at it and he posted it like 40 minutes ago, but he had 23,000 comments. He had 400,000 likes and he had like 2.8 million views. I mean, it was just outrageous. Right. And so I would follow him. He'd do these, these, you know, semi-motivational feel-good one-minute videos and he was had good energy and he was actually i think he's palestinian uh, and living in israel so you know not from a good background you know sort of not not that his background was bad but i mean his environment was definitely not uh, necessarily a happy one right and and then one day he posts this video and it blew me away because it was him talking about his journey from where I saw him, which was like my first time. He's got millions of people watching him on Facebook. He doesn't put it on YouTube. It's only on Facebook. And, uh, but he said like the first year he was depressed because he would do this video and like four people would watch it. And then he'd do the next one and like three people would watch it be worse. Right. And Mm -hmm. this is the way it was for his first year. Sure. And, and, and I think that part of the problem we have getting back to the McDonald's culture is we expect to be able to do something and our tribe will be there immediately. So about 15 years ago, I was able to do a podcast interview with a fellow Kevin Kniebel and he is a, LinkedIn specialist, expert on LinkedIn. And so I asked him, I says, like, what's your secret? Like, how do you get all these people on LinkedIn who are, you know, your ideal client types? And he said, Scott, you just post. It'll come. And I was like swearing under my tongue, right? Like, that's the last thing I wanted to hear. It's just create content, create content. (laughs) So, and of course, that's, you know, over the years, I have created content that ended up on LinkedIn. And now I don't personally like LinkedIn. I find it a little bit spammy. But I have to tell you that every time I log into my LinkedIn, I have about 90 friend or whatever they call it on LinkedIn, friend requests, right? Connections, yep. Connections, right? And I just like... How is, I can't turn it off. So it's one of these things where you just take your step, take your step, take your step. And another one of my mentors says, the only way you can lose is if you quit. 
because every step you take, yeah, and you have to, I think the other part of it, although this was not the case at all in my LinkedIn story, was thinking about what sort of, of feedback do you get? And feedback could be three people liked it and 23 people hated it, or it could be, you know, four people watched it, or it could be 400 people watched it, and then 4,000 people watched it. You know, you'll sort of start to see patterns, like what engages people, what makes people respond to you. And then those are the things you want to kind of tweak your presentation or your talk or your topics towards, because that's what people obviously want. But uh, with, with LinkedIn, it was just like, yeah, I posted stuff, and now all of a sudden, People are there, people are there, people are there. And so I really think when we're talking about creating a community, you need to make a structure, of course, have a page on Facebook, have a group on Facebook. Uh, it's a lot easier to do a, a short boost on the Facebook page. I don't think you can do it on the group. And that will get your message out more. But it's consistency in your message, consistency in your delivery of your message, and then continuing on. And then getting on, you know, I mean, you can get on to podcasts of people that uh, also have an audience of your, that's the same audience you want to get known for and that sort of thing. But it's a bottomless pit of hungry people who really want your content. Mm -hmm. And you, you basically uh, are making the point that I bring up and I call them baconisms. They're just like one liners that I say over and over. And the one is content is king, but consistency is queen <laughs> and that's yes. essentially what you're saying is you just have to keep feeding it over and over and, and it does take patience i mean i've been doing my podcast i'm on episode 670 something Good and you. thank you and you know it's that consistency and the key thing is is that if you're looking to be an, a social media influencer it doesn't happen overnight unless you know you're lebron james or right. you know somebody who is super super famous and you have name recognition it takes a while to build that up so the last piece of this then is how do we attract people to us i mean how do we how do we get people to join this group you know we can post content but but how do we attract them what do we do yeah that's an interesting question and uh, i think it's actually backwards is we we keep trying to pull these people into our sphere of influence or into our tribe. And I think what we have to do is just get out there and do our thing. And those people will automatically find us. I have a number of, one of the things that I do are, is courses on Udemy. And they're, it's the Walmart of online video courses. For $10, you can learn about just about anything. And I was doing a series of courses. I have 150 courses there, but most of them I do with a co-instructor. Wow. And one of the, and I have a half a million students, so there, there you go. But um, I have, uh, I did one, I did two or three courses with this one instructor, and he was all about, you know, how to date. He, he wasn't quite the double your dating guru type. He wasn't quite going at it that way, but he wasn't that far off. And, uh, but one of the questions that kept coming up from the students was like, well, how do I, how, and it was usually guys, how do I meet women? Like, what do I do? Like, I, I don't, and I said, my response was, don't, you can go to the bar and you can meet drunk women, but that's probably not who you want to meet. Find a hobby that you love 
and focus on doing that. Now, the hobby could be walking in the mountains. It could be pottery. It could be salsa dancing. And in fact, dancing is a really good one because there's always 10 women for every man at a dance class. But uh, if you, you know, if you wanted to meet it, so my target market is my ideal woman that I want to spend the rest of my life with. How do I meet her? If your friends aren't helping you, then find something you like doing and find somebody that loves doing that too, that you're attracted to. And so it's kind of the same when we're online. It's like, I have a friend who is, um, he's got a great little media company, an online media company. And he's put out four books, five books, maybe six books now. And he is sarcastic as sarcastic can be. But he's made a little niche for himself where he answers every telemarketer call that comes his way. Mm-hmm. And he records <laughs> the conversation. And he pushes them until they swear at him and hang up and block him. <laughs> and sometimes they're not even telemarketers. Sometimes they're people that want him to be they want to be his customer, right? And But he is so clear on who his ideal customer is. And he's just got this, I don't give a you know what. And, and so what happens, of course, is all the people that are his ideal clients love these posts that he puts out because they've, they get the the crazy calls, they get the people wanting to get them to do work for them for nothing. They get all these things, right? And so here he is front and center, just being as sarcastic as sarcastic can be. And then, of course, you know, if you want to hire him, you got to watch what you say or you'll end up in his book. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I had the exact same thing happen today. I uh, Actually, one of my friend's emails got hacked. And, uh, you know, I got this first email that says, hey, Brian, can you do me a favor? And it's like, sure, define favor. He goes, well, I want to buy my niece a gift card, and I tried doing it online, but I couldn't make it happen. Are you going by a store? Could you do it? And, of course, you know, immediately you could tell it's you know, he got hacked, and this was a hacker doing it. And right. so the way I played with him is I said, oh, dude, anything for you. I just bought a $1,000 card on Amazon. I'll drop it by your office today. <laughs> <laughs> Zip, no reply. <laughs> Same kind of thing. And, of course, you know, I took a picture of it and put it up on Facebook and let everybody have fun with it. But that's, uh, right. you know... But that's part of exactly what you have to do. You have to know what your tribe likes, and you have to be willing to take the good with the bad. I posted a, a caption contest last night, and a bunch of people went off on it. And I just said, hey, you know, we think differently. That's okay. You know, you right. be you, I'll right. be me. And uh, don't get in arguments and just let it be. So part of running a community or being a part of a community is also understanding where to draw the lines. And that's always the... I think the most challenging part is, you know, how not to get taken advantage of and how to turn it into a business, I think, is really the big overarching challenge, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you made a really good point about drawing that line. And I often, to me, there's like, if you think of a field with a fence in the middle of it, right? So there's two sides to the fence and then there's a fence. And the people on the other side of the fence from you, generally speaking, can't stand well that on the other side of the fence for me generally speaking can't stand me they don't interact with me they don't want to have anything to do with me they think i'm a twerp all that sort of stuff 
regard, and no matter what I say, I'm never going to be able to change their minds. And it's a waste of time for me to even try. Then on my side of the fence are all the people that think the exact opposite. They go, wow, like he's great. He's this, he's that, everything else. They buy everything that you, you put out and that sort of thing. And then on the fence is the vast, vast majority. And they could drop off on the other side. They could come onto your side. And in copywriting, we say that the goal is to push them off the fence. Like either you're going to buy or you're not going to buy. Like don't waste and, and I think it's probably the same if you're selling anything, if you're selling a face-to-face or, or online. It's like you just don't want some guy hemming and hawing about buying a car from you for like six months. Like either buy it or don't so I can move on to my next prospect. And, um, and I think that what happens and what a lot of people don't really realize when it comes to building your community is how you treat the people on the other side of the fence is crucial to your success because – Generally speaking, or let's just put it this way, I see an epidemic of people bad-mouthing and swearing and cursing and being mean and, and talking down and condescending and you name it to people that are on the other side of the fence. But what they don't realize is that all the people on the fence that you're wanting to influence to come over to your side, you're pushing them away when you're acting like a jerk, right? It's... As long, and, and, and I'm saying that with if you are a jerk and everybody loves you because of your jerkiness, that's totally a different thing. But I'm saying generally speaking, people sort of pop in the group and they look around, they, they lurk, and then they see, you know, somebody says something that uh, I don't agree with. And then I'm swearing at them and threatening to kick them out and, and, and bad mouthing them and all the rest. And they go, whoa, I don't want to be a part of this, right? To me, if you want to create, first of all, you have to sit down and think, like, what is the type of community I want to create? What is the goal of the community? Where do we want to go? I want to be a leader. Oftentimes, we fall into the teacher uh, role, which is not how you build a community. You know, how many people go to your grade one teacher's retirement? How many people go and see the captain of the local football team? you know, at whatever level it is, who's giving a special dinner for some cause. Totally different. Mm-hmm. So you want to be a leader, not a teacher in your in your community. Very true. And you bring up one other point when you were talking about the fence, and it's another Baconism. And this one is, you are who you are when you're driving mm-hmm. in your car. <laughs> <laughs> right? So people will definitely see the authentic you one way, shape, or form. You know, and I know people who've tried to build communities and, you know, put on the the brave face, but when it gets down to nuts and bolts, they're finally detected as to who they really are. So authenticity I think is really huge. And I nice. love the leader versus teacher thing. I think that's huge. Hey Scott, this has been a blast and some Thank really you. good info. If people want to learn about you and your products and services, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I would head over to free-ebooks.net. Uh, there's a contact link at the bottom if you want to contact me specifically. But if you're an author and you want to build a community, we have over 200,000 visitors a week coming to our site. You can put a free version of one of your books or all of your books up there and uh, uh, people will download them, read them. Uh, comment on them, hopefully share them, and you'll be able to grow your community. Yeah, 
And so we do two things. One is help people find good, good authors and help authors create their communities. Well, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your thoughts and knowledge and experience with my Baconites. And uh, thanks for dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. And Scott, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to being on your podcast again and vice versa, having you back in the future. Looking forward to it, Brian. Thanks for having us on. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.